Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, everybody. Say what? I try to do things differently. Oh. Hi, everybody. Nope, we always do that. I know. I just went with, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Jimmy. Zero excitement. He's Josh. And we're the paradox. It is March 1st. It is. My... This mother's, is not releasing until later this month. My mother's birthday. Really? Yes. She was born March 1st, 1925. So Jimbo's mother passed when I was just two. Yeah, I was 20, 22, 23. No, I was about to turn one. You were about to turn one. It was yeah. October 83. One of my last remembrances of mom was in the hospital room with you sitting on top of her. While she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With you just being a little bitty baby. Uh, yes, I would have yes. almost turning one. This is my mother's birthday. That's crazy. Sybil Joe Myers. My mother was born on the first. Just not March 1st. Correct. <laughs> what a coincidence. Huh. It's almost this conspiracy theory. Bring it back to me. So today we're talking about... Something that... Boy, a lot of people struggle with. A lot with. of people struggle with. What happens Just if, not our wives, because we are perfect. Yeah, seriously. But what happens if seemingly my spouse refuses to love me the way I want to be loved? Like you try and try and try. You feel like you're loving them. Mm -hmm. You've requested, hey, I'd really love it if you did this. And then they just don't. And nothing and nothing and nothing. What do we do? Can I give you a personal example? Sure. So again, this is kind of fictitious. Because I am. I'm a little shocked you and Katie are still together. So please share. This is fictitious, of course because I would never do this. Mm -hmm. But Katie, my wife, who, by the way, no one knows this. Is a saint. She is a saint, but she does every week the show notes to the show. Yes, she does. She, outside of us two and Billy, does the most for the show. (laughs) That's correct. At the very end of last season, uh, or last year, our Bipolar Christmas episode, we thanked everybody. And we didn't thank her. You apparently refuse to love her. <laughs> wow. It's pretty terrible. So at Katie Myers24, if you want to shout yes. out thank to her you, Katie. on Instagram and thank her for all of her hard work on Paradox. So I do like to be speedy mm-hmm. when I'm on the road. Sometimes other people don't like that. And so I just say, you know, God created other lanes mm-hmm. for me to maintain my speediness. Mm-hmm. And they can stay in their lane, going five under. I'm good. I Only just, one rule in traffic. Just changing lanes. Slower traffic, keep to the right. Oh, my That's Lord. it. That's all you need. So my wife and our... We're like 20 months shy of 10 years. Is that crazy? Whoa. In our eight years of marriage, she has time and time again mentioned that I need to slow down and stop changing lanes all the time. <laughs> and I don't. Uh, we see this differently. Mm-hmm. She's asked me to love her in this way, and she has actually expressed, like, this is a thing where I feel unloved when you do these things. 
And I come back with, well, I don't feel like you trust me to take care of our family and our vehicle, so I feel disrespected <laughs> in this. So it's really a kind of a sticking point, right? Like some some spouses you've asked, and they're just being not nice. But other spouses, like you just disagree, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we don't receive the love from our spouses that we feel like we've either earned or deserved. And so what do we do? What does Katie do? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things. Just last week, visiting with a wife who was in, and really they hear about their kid, but this came up about the husband, which is very common. In her opinion, he's unloving. He's apathetic. She gets her hands on every Christian book on marriage she can get her hands on and will ask him to read it. He won't. We'll get him the book on audio. He won't listen to it. And she said just yesterday, day before yesterday, that he got angry when she read a portion of the book to him that she thought might be apropos. So he won't read a book. He won't listen to a book. He won't listen to a book being read to him. And he also refuses to go to counseling. She said, you know, I don't think we're going to get a divorce, but I don't want this. This is miserable. That's kind of the setup. And a lot of people, to some degree, either to yours, where it's sort of kind of slight, real. Katie would not call it slight. Correct. To people who are actually contemplating the possibility of divorce. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, you know, the other person is just a relational cadaver. The, yeah, the problem that kind of I thought through with not being loved, like we feel like we've either earned or deserved, is it really can create a hardness of your heart. Mm-hmm. And then you, and almost naturally, stop loving them. Mm-hmm. And that's when we look up and we're two ships in the night and yes. you know we're miles apart. And so if we're not careful, our heart can become hardened when we observe our, our spouse not loving us like we feel like we mm-hmm. deserve. Frustration, obviously. This kind of scenario leads to, to great frustration, that frustration in time leading to bitterness and resentment because it's a one-way street. You know, it's not fair. I'm doing all the loving and I'm not being loved at all in return. There are guys that actually, they, I mean, this is kind of a long running joke, but there are actual guys that believe, I told you I loved you the day we got married. And if and when I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. But I don't need to tell you, show you, demonstrate to you. And you're emotionally needy if you're saying that I do. I love Shanti. Just a side note, um, Shanti felt on the first season where she said, I think guys understand that their wives need to be loved, but I don't think they understand how easily they feel unloved. Oh, yeah. That's a great... And how it's just, it needs to be on repeat. And just this general feeling that a wife has that this is not fair. It's not fair. Uh, And by the way, this goes vice versa. uh Uh-huh. It can. Seldom is it. But yes, it certainly can. Well, eh, it's just different. I think it happens a lot, but I think it's just different. You know, guys can just withdraw and not engage. Wives will be unloving towards their husbands through criticism and more engagement. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... Yeah, that's true. You know, husbands that's can... An, yeah. You know, it's just different, but very much the same way can happen on the other yes. side. And when you have one withholding, another being hypercritical, welcome to the world of codependency, which is kind of where all of that sort of leads. But anyway, so what do we actually do? Well, here's the thing. If you've got a spouse who is, for lack of a better term, refusing 
sorry, I was just messing with my headphones, not paying attention. But we didn't mention bitterness and unforgiveness, did we? Mm. With the I did. Okay. I mentioned okay. bitterness. <laughs> okay. The I salt. didn't mention unforgiveness. Yeah, which well, goes hand in hand. If you have a spouse who virtually is refusing to meet you halfway, refusing to love you, then the solution is God. That's it. That is the only solution. There is no magic word, no magic bullet, no secret weapon, because there's nothing you can do to change your spouse. This lady's case, she's gotten books. She's tried to be suggest things. There are other spouses that are going to scream. They're going to yell. They're going to belittle. You try everything in the book to get them to change, and over time you learn there is nothing you can do to change another person, specifically your spouse. So God is the only solution here. Gary Chapman, back to... Can't we just end it there? Yeah. Okay. Peace out. Hey, we'll see you guys. The five love languages. When we interviewed Gary Chapman the first season... And I ask him, so what happens if, you know, hey, do the whole love language thing, and I learn my spouse's love language, and I'm just loving the hound out of my spouse, and they don't return it. They don't try to figure out what my love language is. They don't try to switch what they're doing so that I feel loved by them. What happens if it's a one-way street? And he said, well, if you're loving your spouse in a way that, that is their love language, the way that they'll feel loved by you, and they don't return it, then you love them harder. And then, if they don't return the love, then you love them harder. And then if they don't return, then you love them harder. And you keep loving them harder. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 6, where Jesus said, So what if you love people who love you back? You don't get any credit for that. Pagans do that. So what if you do good to those who, you know, who do good to you? You don't get any credit for that. Pagans do that. He said, you know, we're called to something different. We're called to love people who don't love us back. We're called to do good to people that don't do good to us back. That's what makes us different. And I, and again, you know that I love Gary Thomas, and especially his book, Sacred Marriage. And I love his phrase. He said, we're called to love people not because. Most of us love our spouses because they're nice, because they love us. He said, if you got a spouse who remembers every anniversary, is just sexually available, that makes you feel like you're number one and is sensitive and a helper, and he's like, who wouldn't love a spouse like that? You don't get any credit for loving a spouse. Who wouldn't love a spouse like that? He said, he said most of us love because, because they're a certain way, because of what they do, because of who they are, because of how they make us feel. And he says, as believers, we are called, and what Luke 6 is telling us is, Jesus is saying in Luke 6, we're called to love anyway. We're called to love even when someone isn't doing that. So as sad as this even sounds, this is not about your spouse changing as much as it is you changing. And what was it? You know, Paul asked three times for the thorn to be taken out of his flesh, and, and Jesus said, no. Said, I'm not going to do it. And Paul said, okay, you know, then I've got to realize that this is here for a reason and that it's in my weakness that God is shown to be strong. You know, Jesus said, I've got to be enough. And that's kind of, I think a lot of times for people in this situation, 
Jesus would be saying, you know, I've got to be enough. Some practical things, try to focus on the good that they do, unless you just happen to be married to Hannibal Lecter. Focus on the good and emphasize the good and diminish the bad. And every personality type has good. Absolutely. You know, so there are, there's, uh, I hesitate to say yin and the yang. I don't want to be offensive to anybody out there, but there's yin and the yang. To, wow, wow. I know, Eastern. Wow. Not Christian, but there's a good and a bad. And so, you know, some of your greatest, your spouse's greatest weaknesses, that type of personality can be their greatest strengths. I see a lot of couples that the thing that they were attracted to in engagement is the very thing that annoys them the most now. Mm -hmm. And so they can be celebrated. Mm -hmm. Your spouse can be celebrated. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. One other practical thing that you may do, uh, other than you know focusing on the good and, and just really not trying to just focus in like a laser on everything bad, is if they won't go to counseling, if they won't read a book, then maybe there's a, a friend, maybe there's a spouse, maybe there's another Christ, Christian husband who can speak into your husband. Maybe there's somebody, a third party, that's not as threatening as a therapist would be. But bottom line for me is... Love them. Love them. And also pray for them. Because if you, if you have someone who literally is refusing... You've made it clear, you've begged, you've pleaded, and they refuse to love you back, then that's a spiritual problem. That's a spiritual problem in that person's life. And God is the only person that can solve spiritual problems. Amen. Can I get an, well, you gave me one. Can I get another amen? No. I would say, so it comes down very practically to, for me, just setting boundaries. So you obviously can verbally ask your spouse, hey, this is kind of something that I don't necessarily like. I'd love to see this changed. And you mention that maybe a couple times. And if they don't, then if it's small enough, it's something just to move the marriage in a, in a good direction, you probably need to get over. Like not every battle is a hill that you need to die on. Mm-hmm. You know, if your spouse, I don't know, leaves the toilet seat up, and you've mentioned time and time or drives again, drives too fast and changes lanes. Oh, that hits close to home. So basically, Katie, what he's saying is, get over it. <laughs> if I understand what Josh is saying, he's saying, Katie, get over it. You know, so if a husband 
in general, um, in a generic leaves sense, a toilet seat up, or if a, a wife leaves, a, you know, every light on in the house, you know, you mention it a few times and they don't, you, you got to get over that. Just to, if you can sit there and be bitter and not forgive them and just stew on that or get over it. So there's some things kind of the smaller end of the spectrum that you've just got to swallow it and for the betterment of your marriage, get over it. There's other, though, larger things that I think most of our focus has been on today that you do need to seek outside help for. And if there's refusal and, you know, he's just or she's just checked out of the marriage, you know, there are times where I do encourage, and obviously you'd want to speak to a pastor or a therapist, but I do encourage sometimes separation for the point of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. A therapeutic you know, there's, separation. There's times where you want to remove your spouse's creature comforts of the meal on the table every night mm -hmm. so that he or she can, Begins can to appreciate. understand the air of their ways. And so, again, that's in the extreme, but that certainly is something that can be done. Yeah. And arsenic in the Cheerios. Yep. Yep. Um, if you walk away with anything in today, walk away with poison. <laughs> That Walk always away works. with arsenic in the Cheerios. Yep. Guys, if this message hits home, check out our show notes. We're going to have two to three extra steps. It's paradoxpodcast.com. We'll also, you can go to our website and, and view kind of our social media stuff and follow us, the show, as well as us individually on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We would love it if you would like us and or share the episodes. And we appreciate all of y'all listening. Appreciate it. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Where self-sufficiency goes wrong is that you start thinking that you are capable in and of yourself to merit something before, before God. So we, we really do lose track of the gospel when our self-sufficiency bleeds over spiritually.